Well, good morning. Welcome to Calvary Baptist Church. My name is Mary Alice, and I'm one of the ministers here at Calvary. And if you are new to Calvary or visiting today, we just want you to know that you are welcome here. And we are so glad that you are in this space with us this morning. Uh, we'd love to get to know you better, and one way that can happen is if you would fill out the little visitor card in your pew and place it in the offering plate later in the service. That's also a way you can get information about different ministries here at Calvary or to let us know how we can be praying with you in the coming weeks. Well, you may notice that things look a little different this morning. This morning, our children will be leading us in worship. Um, they have been in music camp this week and will be presenting the musical called The Storytelling Man. Um, oftentimes, we open worship and say, things are going to be a little different today. Um, that's something you will probably hear if you're at Calvary a while, um, because we are always open to experiencing God in new ways, and so we are looking forward to experiencing God through you and your leadership this morning. Um, their musical, like I said, is called The Storytelling Man, and I think we can all appreciate a good story, can't we? When we hear a story, something actually happens in our brains, and our brains change. So, for instance, if someone tells you a story and they start talking about the gooey stickiness of warm cinnamon rolls that just came out of the oven, our sensory cortex lights up. It changes. Or maybe if you hear someone tell a story about how the baby carefully stumbled across the room, taking one wobbly step after another, we're interested, we're engaged in that, and the motor cortex of our brain is suddenly activated. A well-crafted story can put our entire brains to work. That's pretty cool, and it's why we remember stories up to 22 times more than we remember facts alone. And I can't help but wonder if Jesus must have known that. I got to be with the children earlier this week, and we learned about the story of the prodigal son, which you will hear them share a little later this morning. And we learned that oftentimes people would come to Jesus with questions, but instead of answering them directly, he would respond to them with a story. And everywhere he went, people were mesmerized, and they would gather around him to hear these stories because within them they found themselves. And so as you and I continue to read and to hear and to sing and to immerse ourselves in these stories, we can find ourselves too. And so as we worship together today, I would like to invite you to see if you can find yourself in the stories of Jesus that the children will be sharing with us. Come, let us worship God together in this place. Rejoice the 
let us pray. God of love, thank you for this day when we can sing songs of worship to you. Thank you for creating all of us. Thank you for caring for all of us. Thank you for searching for all of us when we are lost. Thank you for bringing all of us back to you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for forgiving us. Thank you for all these things and many more you give us each day, each moment of our lives. In Jesus' loving name we pray. Amen. Amen. There was once a man who had two sons. The younger said to his father, Father, I want my inheritance early. I want all of it, and I want it right now. So the father divided his property between them. It wasn't long before the younger son packed his bags and left for a distant country. While he was there, he wasted everything he had, and before long, he had run out of all of his money. Then there was a bad famine in all, th all throughout the country, and he did not and he know what to do. He had absolutely nothing to eat, so he signed up to work in the fields, and his job was the job nobody wanted. It was to feed the pigs. Yeah! He was so hungry, he would have eaten what the pigs were eating, but no one would give him any of that either. That brought him to his senses. He said, All those farmhands working for my father sit down and eat three meals a day, and here I am starving to death. I'm going to, I'm going to go back to my father. I'll say to him, Father, I've sinned against God. I've sinned before you. I don't deserve to be called your son. Would you please take me on as a harm hand, as a higher hand? 
And so he got right up and went home to his father. When he was still a long way out, his father saw him. His heart pounding, he ran out, embraced him, and kissed him. The son started his speech. Father, I have sinned against God. I have sinned before you. I don't deserve to be called your son ever again. But the father wasn't listening. He, he was calling the, to the servants. Quick, bring a clean set of clothes and dress him. Put a family ring on his finger, sandals and feet. Get the grain-fed heifer and roast it. We're going to have a feast. We're going to have a wonderful time. My son is given up for dead, and now he's alive. Given up for lost, and now it's found. And they began to have a wonderful time. Now all that time, the older son was out working on the field. The, when, he, when the day's work was done, he came in, and as he approached the house, he heard the music and dancing. Calling over one of the houseboys, he asked, What in the world is going on? Your brother came out. Your father has ordered a feast, barbecued beef, because he has him home safe and sound. The older bro brother ran off in an angry silk and refused to join in on the fun. His father came out and tried to talk to him, but he wouldn't listen. The son said, Look how many years I've stayed here serving you, never giving you one moment of grief. But, you, but have you ever thrown a party for me and my friends? Then the son of yours, who has thrown away your money, shows up and go, you go all out with a feast that is so not cool, Dad. <laughs> Son, you don't understand me. You're with me all the time. Everything is mine is yours. But this is a wonderful time we had to celebrate. This brother of yours was dead and now he's alive. He was lost and now he's found.
A storytelling man. That's what some people knew me when I lived on this earth a long, long time ago. You see, I was on the earth long before you were, or your parents were, or your great-grandparents, or even Mr. Purdy. Others knew me. <laughs> Others knew me as a friend, or a teacher, or a healer of the sick. Some who really did not know me called me a troublemaker, though. All right, they said that I was causing problems and considered me the enemy. Maybe you know me because you celebrate my birthday on December 25th on Christmas Day. Maybe though, just maybe, you know me because of the stories that I have told. You know, I, I told these stories to all kinds of people, everyday folks, normal, normal people, teachers, lawyers. I also talked to lawbreakers, poor and the discouraged. Everyone came to hear what I had to say. Do you guys mind if I tell you a story today? Sure. Sure? All right. Well, I want to tell you one of my favorite stories. All right? This story is about a very rich old man and two of his sons, but we're going to focus on the younger son. Okay? The younger son came up to his father one day and said, Dad, I'm sick of it. I'm ready to go out and, and be on my own. So he asked for his share of the family's money, and his dad said, you know what, okay. And so his dad gave him his share of all the family money. And the son went out and he bought brand new shoes and new clothes. And decided, it's time for me to go out and live my own life. And so, with new clothes, fancy shoes, and a whole lot of money, he was on his way to being number one.
Great job, great job. So, where were we? All right, the boy has gone, right? And the dad started to get really sad. And every day, he would go stand out at the end of his long driveway at his big, big gate. And he would sit there, day after day, just staring down the road. Not at his, at his big house and everything he had behind him, but down the road that his son had gone down. And you know, a lot of people would think, he would think about how rude his son was. How mean he was and how thought, thoughtless the boy had been. But the father didn't think about that. The father started to think, well, I wonder how my son is doing this very second. Has he learned to spend his money wisely? Or is he sick? Is he hungry? Is he in trouble? And before he could stop himself, he let his mind go too far. Right? And he stood there at his gate and he cried. And so the dad just kept going to the gate day after day. And, and one day he stood at the gate and he, he stared down that long road, right? And there was a cloud of dust at the very end of the road. And typically that just meant another traveler coming down the road. No big deal. But as the dust got closer and closer and closer, the father started to recognize the traveler. It was his youngest son. His boy had come back. And the father was so, so excited. He ran up the road and, and hugged his son. And the son started to talk. And, and the son, you see, he didn't look like he did when he left. He didn't have any shoes. He had lost his new sandals. His clothes were, were ratty and tattered and torn apart, full of holes. And he smelt really, really bad. All right? Like you haven't showered for weeks bad. Okay? He was really stinky. And he, he, he apologized to his dad. 
He said, I'm sorry, Dad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I don't have any money. Can I just, can I just work? And before he could finish that sentence, his dad started yelling all around. Right? His dad turned around back to the house and yelled at all of his neighbors and the people that helped him on his, at his house and said, our boy has come home. My boy is home. Let's have a feast. Let's slaughter the fattest calf. Let's have a big feast. We're going to have a feast. So we've heard one of my favorite stories, right? That the youngest son has now come back home. He's been embraced with open arms from his father. And he was lost, but now he's found. Okay? Um, do you know why I told stories like this to the friends that I had? It's because each one of my friends, the lawbreakers, the poor, the discouraged people, and even some of the people that thought they had it all together, were lost in their own way. Each one of them needed somebody to love them and care for them and watch out for them. Each one of them wanted to find a better way of living. I was the one who had to come help them. God, my Father, and all His beautiful angels came and celebrate with them when each one of these lost people are found.
I want to say thank you to our children for leading us in worship. That was beautiful. They have been working so hard this week, and it is a joy to have them lead and sing. Let's go to God in prayer. Gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts together be pleasing and acceptable to you. You are our rock and you are our redeemer. Amen. In Luke 15, that we have just experienced in song and narration led by our children, Jesus is teaching a crowd of many different kinds of people. Some followers gather and listen in order to be discipled. Some Pharisees and Sadducees come to keep an eye on Jesus and to make sure he's not teaching anything too radical. And still others come simply to eat with Jesus. This mixed crowd, including tax collectors and sinners, as Luke calls them. Some in this group would have come from the fringes of society. They would have been considered outsiders, those who don't belong. These would have been people that no one else wanted to hang around. It is among this crowd that Jesus receives a complaint. The Pharisees and the scribes question Jesus and the way that he eats and fellowships with outsiders. They complain about his inclusion of sinners. Now, it's nothing new that Jesus associates and eats with outsiders, and it's nothing new that he receives criticism for this. He has continually embraced people that the rest of the religious leaders have rejected. And he has again and again chosen to show compassion to outsiders, offering them welcome and forgiveness and sharing with them in a meal. So Jesus, being a storytelling man, decides to tell three parables in order to teach the crowd to challenge the divisions among them and to encourage them to consider what they value. He begins with the story of the shepherd and the lost sheep. The shepherd values the safety and well-being of his flock. This is his livelihood and the way that he spends his each and every day. Then Jesus tells of the woman and her lost coin. The woman has given her time and energy to earn this money in order to care for and feed her family. She values these provisions. And finally, Jesus tells the story of the father, the prodigal son, and his brother. The father values his children and their safety and well-being. Losing these valuable things, whether it be economical, relational, or otherwise, is devastating to these. Let's imagine for a moment something that we value very much and the devastation that would come from losing that thing. Comparatively to the shepherd, what if you had been working on a big project at work or at school, putting hours and weeks into an assignment, and then suddenly it's lost? The computer file disappears or all your notes are misplaced? Or what if part of a paycheck went missing, as in the parable of the lost coin? Or children, some of us went to Passport Kids Camp this week. What if an entire envelope of spending money was lost? Even more devastating is loss or estrangement in a relationship, such as with the father and the prodigal son. The ending of a friendship or a close relationship, however that comes about, is a loss of something that was once important to us. In these stories of loss, Jesus tells of how the shepherd goes after the wandering sheep 
searching for it in the wilderness. And when he finds it, he lays it on his shoulders and rejoices. The woman lights a lamp, sweeps the floor, and searches carefully until she finds the lost coin. And the father, having his son leave, eagerly watches for him. And upon seeing him is filled with compassion and begins to prepare a party. He runs to meet him, puts his arms around him, welcomes him back. He clothes him with the best robe, puts a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. And he throws a feast to welcome him. The finding and the restoration in these three stories occurs because of the one who seeks and the one who searches. It is the shepherd who leaves the 99 and braves the wilderness. It is the woman who diligently sweeps and searches. And it is the father who eagerly watches and waits for his son to return. The finding and reconciliation are dependent on these, their commitment and their many different actions of searching. The sheep is too fearful to play an active role in its own finding. In its fear, I imagine that it curls up under a brush of a tree, unable to help itself. The coin also is passive. It cannot cause itself to be found. And the prodigal son, while he practices an apology, his father has been watching for him since he left and is filled with forgiveness and welcome even before the son is able to apologize. Just as the shepherd goes out in search of the sheep and the woman diligently searches and the father expectantly waits, God too is already waiting and eager to welcome and to show forgiveness. God lovingly values everyone and is aware of our whereabouts and our wanderings. God too is searching, calling out, and eager to make things right. Even though we sometimes wander, God is ready to forgive and to include all. Even though there is separation and estrangement in our lives and in our world, God is ready to welcome and to love. God is actively seeking restoration. God is in the business of bringing people together. In my time with our children these past two weeks, at Passport Kids Camp last weekend and at Music Camp and Fun with Friends this week, I have seen them exhibit so much joy and inclusion. They have worked hard to love kindness and to include one another. They have shown joy in their creativity and in their attitudes. They've had great energy to make new friends and to get to know one another better. They have desired to cheer on and encourage one another, even in disappointment. One of our camp chaperones last week told a moving story during our church group response time on our last night of camp. The story was about a camper during a game of Gaga Ball. The game had come down to the two remaining players, and one of whom was from Calvary and one was from another church. The child from the other church decided to intentionally kick himself out of the game by kicking the ball with his feet when you're only allowed to touch the ball with your hands in Gaga Ball. To this action, our camper replied, no, I'm not going to let him go out of the game like that. The two continued to play, and our camper ended up losing the game. But gracefully and humbly, with a smile and a handshake in a great game. Even in loss, she showed joy, kindness, and grace. 
One parable after another in this passage, Jesus reminds the listeners that what was lost, even just one sheep, even something as small as a coin, and even a squandering son are welcomed and invited to the community. Jesus is talking to people who live on the fringes and are considered outsiders, and he's telling them that they are essential to the community as a whole. Until they are present and welcomed, the community is incomplete. Until they are invited to the table, something is missing. They are important and essential to the relationships and conversations within the community. Jesus tells these parables and teaches the people about this hospitality that involves forgiveness and restoration. It's an inviting and inclusion that makes things right. This summer, I've had the opportunity to serve on a site team through Greater Waco Legal Services, which is just around the corner on Cockward. During one of our recent meetings, one of the immigrants sitting around the table told a story about her experience at a church where she had previously been a member. She told about how she once sat through a committee meeting in which the group discussed starting an ESL class with the desire to do outreach ministry. Somehow the conversation turned to be about undocumented immigrants and how the church would not allow those without documentation to come to their ESL class. Little did they know that their church member who would be teaching the class, the person who told me this story, was an undocumented immigrant herself. Unknowingly, they had decided that even this church member was not welcome in the church due to her immigration status. Jesus invites the people on the fringes to talk and to eat with him. And in the same way as Christ's followers, we are to search out those who are lost, turn towards those who are on the outside, and eat with those whose society rejects. We are to invite them to the party, and not only are they invited, but they themselves are celebrated, for the party begins when they arrive. It's not until the sheep is retrieved, the coin is recovered, and the sun returns that the party starts. The celebration moves from one to many. In the chapter of Luke before this one, Jesus describes the kingdom of God as a banquet in which more and more invitations keep going out and extending beyond the original guest list. People who are poor, disabled, and blind are invited to the table. There is still room for more. Continuing with this theme in these three parables, neighbors and friends are invited. Servants are called to set up the feast. More are welcomed. There is rejoicing and laughter, music and dancing. What was lost is now found. Let's have a party. With this joy and celebration, all are included. Let's have a party. Gracious God, we thank you for loving and valuing us. We thank you for working towards restoration and wholeness in our lives, in our community, and in the world. Guide us to be people who eagerly search and invite others to the table. Continually show us how to love and to celebrate. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, all this morning we have been talking about the stories of Jesus. And the children have done a beautiful job of singing the stories of Jesus. Emily has shared 
Jesus, who looked a lot like Harrison DeHay, has shared some of those stories with us as well. And just like every Sunday, we want to give an opportunity for anyone here to respond to the story of Jesus. And so I wonder, did you find yourself in any of the stories that you heard today? Maybe like the sun, you are ready to come back home today, ready to, to walk in a new way of life. Maybe you're here and, and like the coin or the, or the sheep or the sun, you've just felt lost. Maybe you felt unseen or invisible and you're desperately wanting to be found, to be seen and, and to be known. Maybe like the Father, Jesus is waiting for you, waiting for all of us to come and, and to welcome us home. Maybe he's ready to throw this big party for us if we would just take that first step forward. Or maybe you're here and you're wanting to immerse yourself in these stories week after week as we journey together here at Calvary. Maybe you're ready to be known intimately in this community of faith. However God is leading you to respond to the stories that you have heard today, our ministers will be in the back of the sanctuary ready to receive you and to pray with you as we continue in worship.
Let us pray. Dear God, you are so wonderful and we worship you. You are full of love and grace that transforms the world. We offer you our hearts, minds, and bodies. Help us to grow in the goodness of your kingdom. May we shine out in times of darkness, stand safely upon the truth, and not be shaken, and see your vision for the world and follow you. Come use our energy to care for the lost. Come take our creativity to meet with the brokenhearted. Come use our usefulness to bring joy and peace. Come use your hope to bring light to everyone. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Y'all can be seated for just a minute. Um, I know we want to show our appreciation to the children who have led us in worship this morning. Thank you all so much for leading us, for sharing your gifts in a way that teaches us and tells us the stories of Jesus. I know firsthand getting up here is not an easy thing, and I appreciate what you have shared with us this morning. Music camp is not possible without a lot of adults who serve in so many ways to make this happen. And so we also want to show our appreciation to the staff and volunteers who help make this experience possible. Thank you all for teaching and guiding our children so well and making this such a special morning. Their names are listed. Yes, give them a... Their names are listed in, the, in your worship program, and so I hope before you leave today, you will find a few of those people and thank them. And I wanted to invite Sherry up to give a special word on behalf of some of them. I don't usually speak at these things. Thank you. Um, this year was very different for a lot of reasons. Many of you know that my folks, I never know what phone call I'm going to get. And so usually I carry a bigger load than I did this year, but I couldn't. And so through a lot of meetings and pleas and all that kind of stuff, one by one people stepped up. And I want to give you just some quick things that happened. Guillerme really is the person who did all this this week. I'm waving my arms, but it's really Guillerme that did most of this. The, one of the challenges for music camp, believe it or not, is putting together a T-shirt. Because if you don't have a lot, then the T-shirts are outrageous. And we went and got solid color T-shirts, and Carla said, let me paint those. So these are hand-painted T-shirts for everybody. And they've been done in the last... Uh, not very many hours. <laughs> um, as Nicole Guthrie said, Dee, hey, you're doing this in seven hours. She told me that many times. So a lot happened in those seven hours. But we had parents, and again, they're listed on the back. But I really wanted you to know Lauren, another one, who her last week of internship did the choreography, was up here all the time, tell me what you need. Emily, Mary Alice have just, it, it, this really truly was a team effort. And it, the last thing I want to say is thank you, parents. Because we said, you have to learn this at home because we can't do it all in seven hours. And my goodness, did they ever. So please know that it's a team and it's a glorious thing to serve with these folks. And I wanted you to know that today. Thank you. Before you go today, I'd love for you to pull out that announcement sheet in your worship folder. And there is a list on the back of it of the Waco ISD 
school supplies that are needed for the coming year. Um, you may know that Calvary has a partnership with West Avenue Elementary School, and Principal Alexander has asked if we could provide backpacks that are filled with the school supplies needed for a specific grade for the coming year for the kids who show up on the first week of class and don't have any of those supplies. Um, there are lots of ways you can do that. Um, it may be that, that you aren't shopping for other school supplies right now, and that's not a problem for you to go get a backpack and fill it up with the supplies. It may be that you want to join together with a few friends or another family and say, hey, let, let's approach this as a mission project and do it together. I also know that for many of you, you're already buying school supplies for one, two, three, four children, and the thought of adding one more is a lot. So any school supplies you can bring, maybe you can't do a backpack, but could bring a double um, package of markers or pens or pencils or paper, whatever we can do, um, I know it will be greatly appreciated and used well by our friends at West Avenue. So I hope you'll, you'll participate in that. You can talk to Lana Palmer, Julie Corley, or Jennifer Lowe for more information about how to get involved. Also, we are so glad that Will Ward is back today. Will has been the camp pastor at Passport Kids Camp all summer long and has been traveling to different campsites and working with churches and children's ministries throughout the whole summer. We've been praying for you and have been so excited about your ministry, but we are very glad that you're back with us this morning, too. And last, our staff are going on a retreat together this week, Thursday through Saturday, and we are just really looking forward to this time of team building and prayer and visioning and a lot of planning that needs to be done for the year ahead at Calvary. And so I just ask that you would keep us in prayer this week, and we would really appreciate that. And we are excited about this retreat and excited to share more with, it, more with you about it when we get back. So thank you all. Thank you again for a great morning. Please stand and join us in this benediction. May you be filled with gratitude for these people around you, and for these moments together. And may God send you out to live as changed people, asking much of you and encouraging many through you. Amen.